You know, there's a I'm there's sorry. a 20 year gap between the two of us, but off of this one segment, I don't think anyone would be able to guess that you're the older one. <laughs> <laughs> This is our last prototype, hopefully. How you doing? I'm doing, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. This is my Disneyland. I'm so excited to be here. We are on fire! Getting there, man. Getting there. Getting there. This is our last prototype, I hope. And I think we're there. Uh, the feedback we've gotten from friends and family and uh, unassociated hoodlums has been great. So <laughs> uh, we may have lost our uh, our direction on the prototypes earlier, but that's because we're just learning how to interact and have fun with yeah. this in this format. Yeah, dude, we're just vibing. It is what it is. Yeah, man, we're just vibing. So now we're armed and dangerous, you could say, right? That's we're right. Freaking. We're friggin' armed and dangerous. Uh, well, hell, dude. It's so good to be here. I feel like I was born to sit in this broken chair with this mic and look at you <laughs> and uh, and just riff and vibe and do the thing that we did for so many months at work. And we're just like, man, we're wasting content. We're wasting content. That's our buzzword at work. We're like, dude, <laughs> we're wasting content. We just had the greatest conversation ever. We're wasting content, but we're not wasting content anymore. I got my snowball. I got my my cohort. We fit to record the content. That's right, dude. Put it on record. Yeah, so prototype number one or number three, depending on how you look at it. Since we live in the 321, represent. Shout out 321. <laughs> 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 Which is cool. <laughs> For once, something stupid like an area code got cool. They're like, well... This we have to split up Orlando and the Space Coast. Let's uh, uh let's give the Space Coast three, two, one. And that was some <laughs> somebody made their career on that. Some bureaucrat made their career like, what if the Space Coast was three, two, one? Like, harumph, harumph, harumph. This guy's a genius. <laughs> How long you been here, Schmidt? Uh, twenty-seven years, sir. Oh my God. So, represent three, two, one. Yeah. So this hopefully is last prototype. We have so much to talk about, so much content, and we're trying to mold it into something that will not only drill in people's ears, but like, what do you call those nuts you put in your drywall that spread out when you, you they go in a small hole and they just like expand a uh, wing, not a wing nut, a drywall nut. anchor. <laughs> no, drywall anchors, I've, dude. Oh, those, those I've, plastic things. Yeah, those things. I've hung some stuff on those things that just fell. The kick in the pants is the, the pile of white powder drywall underneath whatever fell off i'm not a drywall anchor person shards these are actually behind me are being held up by uh drywall anchors well hey bonus to listeners when those two things fall off it and they're very heavy items and when they fall off and hit them on the head i'm going to talk about it it's going to be a full <laughs> color i'm going to do the color man and i'm going to do the play-by-play -play on like here we see the first one falling forward shards the top of his melon. Yeah, man, it's not often that uh, that it hits the top of the melon. Sometimes it hits off to the side of the ear, and it's not as funny when those fall, dude, because you use those crappy drywall anchors. Toggle bolts. All right. 
toggle bolts yeah. is what it's at. Before, anyway. we, before we go on though, like, do you think there's a lot of people who don't get the 321 area code thing for the Space Coast? Like people well, just see 321, they're like, oh yeah, that's the area code. Mm-hmm. And not think if like, hey, they launch rockets and space shuttles there. I think that's a great question. I think if you're calling Aunt Fanny in Florida and you dial 321, you have an obligation to go, oh, that's cool. She lives in Florida where they launch men to the moon. But if you're calling like uh, 1-800-JUGS, not 1-800, it wouldn't be 1-800. What am I thinking? If you're calling 321-888-JUGS, <laughs> you probably don't understand that 321 means a countdown. Oh my God, you got me on a topic, Shards. Oh, oh my God. You, here, get your fingers ready. I need you to bring up a soundbite of uh, European Space Alliance launch countdown. I heard one this week. They launched They launched the uh, Webb Telescope. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about this. So first, the Webb Telescope, James Webb Telescope, which took billions of dollars and is like 15 years behind schedule is so worth its weight in gold. It's doing amazing things. And if you guys watched how that thing has to unfold, can you imagine the heart attacks and the uh, broken marriages surrounding the guys who designed that thing? Like it is a clap trap. (laughs) Do you think a beach umbrella is bad? Holy snikes. You think uh, like a, a reflective windshield dash protector is bad. The James Webb telescope is like a Rubik's cube on steroids that had sex with, uh, that had sex with alien with all those weird protrusions who before that had sex with an octopus and one shot a million miles from earth. That thing has to unfold and be perfect. We couldn't even get the previous one, the uh, Hubble. They sent that up. It was simple and that thing turned its camera on and they ground the, the, the lens to ten thousandths of an inch or no, two microns, which is tiny. Like that's what I'm packing, two microns. <laughs> and that thing was blurry. So can you imagine these guys whose careers on the line unfolding that thing? It's like a 20 person tent. That that's the perfect one charge. You've been camping. Uh, I have been camping. Yeah. You've been beaching. Have you been at the beach? The beach? Yeah. Camping at the beach? Like, no, God bless it. Uh, camping and at the beach where you have those new automatically unfolding tent covers and personal uh, tent. Things. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I actually have one of those. The pop up tent. You do? Yeah, pop up tent. There you go. Imagine a pop up tent that's a million miles for, from Earth. And that has to pop up perfectly. Otherwise, uh, a bear comes in and eats your, uh, your soft parts like your intestines and your liver and your kidneys. <laughs> That's what James Webb was. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys did it. These, uh, I don't call them cone. When I call engineers bad things, it's lovingly. If I call them, uh, if I call them pointy, pointy heads or, you know, uh, something de- derogatory to most, I, I love engineers. But these guys did it, man. That thing had to unfold like the worst pop-up tent you ever saw on Amazon from China. China. Like, <laughs> and it did it. And now we're getting great images back. So, yeah, that anyway. Is true. That is true. Uh, I got off our main topic because I'm uh, delusional. So, anyway, I digress, Shards. So when they launched that thing, because it's, it, it finally opened and deployed and sent back beautiful, amazing pictures. The pictures that it sent back are, if you hold a grain of sand from the beach, not a cigarette butt, which is at the beach, or a, a shell, 
or a condom. If you hold a grain of sand at arm's length, that's what section of the sky that the first picture came back. And it's amazing. It's better than Star Wars. It makes Star Wars look terrible. So anyway, those pictures came back and uh, it was amazing. Yeah, I did see them. They were were pretty phenomenal. Unbelievably phenomenal. I mean, I don't do drugs, but if I did, I would get stoned to the bejesus belt and I would look at those pictures because there's spiral galaxies. There's bow tie galaxies. There's, there's, it's amazing. Well, anyway, <laughs> I digress. Okay, are you ready to play European Space Agency's Countdown? I think so. Yeah, when we launched a trillion dollar behind budget satellite that's going to look so far back in history that we're going to tell if planets have, uh, if they're male or female, I think. It's like looking, <laughs> it's like an ultrasound at three weeks. We're like, well, there's barely a heartbeat, but look at this penis or look at this non penis. That's what Webb's going to do. So for us uh, scientific uh, nerds, James Webb is incredible. It makes Hubble look like uh, me. You know, <laughs> I already had a cataract replaced. I'm already wearing progressive lenses. So let's put this in perspective. I grew up with Mercury and Apollo and Gemini and the space shuttle. Even the space shuttle, when they got those, oh. they got those uh, 80s, went to college people going, and lift off, and the space shuttle Columbia is off to put a satellite up for Hughes Dynamics, who's going to sell you online internet service at a discount price. I lived through (laughs) all that. And you know what? On a scale of 1 to 10, everything America did was, what what do you think? I think plus 7, Charge. What do you think? Yeah, at least. At least. The excitement factor, like if even after we've launched a million shuttles, if I was channel surfing and that's when you don't have streaming and you're changing channels on your TV service provider, mm-hmm. I would see, oh, space shuttle launch. Let's watch. And then somebody would still make it interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way that they count it down, it just it, it adds a level of excitement. Right. And that's why we live in the three, two, one, dude, because <laughs> around the world, I think you could go to the Outback where they used to have transmitters and receiving stations for the Apollo and be like, hey, mate, three, two, one. And they'll be like, yeah, mate, three, two, one. That's a rocket, right? Yep. Meanwhile, here's what the European Space Agency, ESA or whatever they're called, Eurospace folks are up to. <laughs> I know the Germans are big into kinky porn. This is Germans are part of this. Here's their idea of lighting a rocket with a trillion dollar satellite. That's going to go a million miles out to a Lagrange point and look back in time to the beginning. And this is how their countdown goes. A lack of excitement. I was asleep. What, wait, what was that? It? He said, Do. Yeah, and we have engine start. Oh. oh, and there's some English. <laughs> Listen to the excitement. Lift off. Decollage. Lift off. Even the guy who said, and there's lift off, said it with more excitement. James Webb begins a voyage. Can you imagine if that's the level of excitement for a billion dollar satellite and a trillion pounds of explosive fuel igniting? Can you imagine what French porn must be like? It's like, did somebody order a pizza? 
I did. Oh, wait, hang on. I did. <laughs> well, here's your pizza. You're so sexy. I feel like anyway. French people talk like that. Like, just straight up, no, no, no like. No, 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 no. When you there's go, there's not like, enough peaks th- and valleys in no. there. I think French people have, they call it a romantic language. They start talking, and when they get excited, they're like, wah, 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 wah. Oh, you're right. You're right. But I'm thinking. I'm a, thinking of French Canadians. Yeah. Eh? Well, when the when when you launch a rocket, it shouldn't be some guy going oh no three more. And then the last, I don't remember what the last number oh. was, but like, it's the least climactic. Oh, they couldn't have done worse. And this is incredible stuff. Now let's hear how we do it in America. And I'm, you know, I'm not a MAGA flag waver, but America kicks butt. And this is one of those <laughs> things where somebody in Europe should have been like, uh, "Listen to me. Uh, we cannot go. Be it needs to be. No, they didn't do that. They're just like this is history. And this is how you're gonna count off. Exactly. You get it. So anyway, let's hear America. This is where America rules still. In 2022, America has a countdown, and me and Shards live in the MF in three, two, one. 12, 11, Oh, my 10, God. I'm so excited 9, right now. Huh? Ignition sequence uh-huh. start. Oh, fire. There's five, fire. Four, three, mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. one, zero. All engine running. Oh, that is so fulfilling and satisfying. And that thing is going somewhere. The ESA rocket is landing in somebody's underpants in a napkin. This thing is going to go all the way. Oh, how did they do that? And to think that was from Apollo 11, that was freaking decades ago. Yeah, and we we had it from the beginning. If you listen to old school American launch countdowns, that's why we're three, two, one shards. It all happened here, and we knew how. Like, could you imagine if we had the French thing and like we went to the moon? No, man. We American that. That was the monster truck of countdowns, and that's why I am proud to be the 321, and I hope you are too. Yeah, dude. Could you imagine if during the Apollo 11, the guy was just like, looked like he was uninterested, and he's just, yeah, five, four, three, staring at his nails, two, one. And we have liftoff. Yeah, it's so boring. I don't know how he's talking French, but it'd be like there is some flame. Yes, it is going towards this guy as we expected. No, that's why America <laughs> led the way in the space race because if the Europeans did it, no one would care. They'd be like, "Oh, Isa landed on the moon in 1975." Like, let's watch the video. Oh, let, no, they didn't have video. Let's watch the nightly news. Well, he used to land on the moon. Here's the first European. Anyway, <laughs> America. Wow, shards, that got off track fast. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Speaking of off track, though, uh, 
I drive past a rail yard every day on the way home and there's graffiti on these uh, cement cars that just haul aggregate for cement and not cement, but uh, concrete. Mm-hmm. And the graffiti is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The graffiti is amazing. And I've always been a fan of graffiti, but there needs to be a social backbone to where it shows up. Like tagging, I think is. Yeah. I think bad. that, yeah, that they need the two need to be separated. Cause I think graffiti is art and tagging is just idiots with spray cans. Yeah. Gang people. And also, you know, weak people that are trying to form a gang, I guess, but I guess. tagging, I think is terrible, but how do you, how do we separate the two? Because I love graffiti. Do you like graffiti? I think graffiti is great. I, you know, I love the, the art. I love, um, the style of, of writing that they use with graffiti like that in and of itself is, is a, is a writing style. I concur. I've seen so much diversity and incredible, artwork and talent in graffiti me and uh me and a co-worker went down to this abandoned rocket factory down in south florida and these concrete buildings that they abandoned back in the 50s now have beautiful graffiti sure like i would love to chisel it off and put it in a in a museum level graffiti i feel like the ham and eggers got there first and did their dumb shit and uh, and then I think it has a natural progression, just like art. But the cool thing I think that we're talking about graffiti now that just hit me was like if uh, Picasso painted on a canvas, it's done. You know, this is a Picasso canvas. But if Picasso minus five graffiti's on a wall and it's good, mm-hmm. and then full blown gangsta Picasso comes up and does something incredible it'll stay. No one will, no one will paint over that there. Right. I guess there's, there's honor among graffiti artists. And yeah. I appreciate that. I've seen great graffiti and I've seen terrible graffiti. Yeah. So I guess if we have to legislate, I'm pro graffiti. What do you say? Like, it's just like a, it's just like other political hot buttons. Yeah. If you if you're pro graffiti, you don't arrest a kid from spray painting a penis on a stoplight pole, and you don't arrest Banksy. So what what say you, Charles? Man, that's a that's a tough tough line to walk because I I think there's there is a line when it comes to what is acceptable graffiti, and what is just vandalism at that point. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think tagging a penis on a stop sign is vandalism versus when Banksy creates a, a work of art on the side of a building. That's different. Hmm. I hear you. And I agree. But on the other side, I enjoy graffiti so much unless it's on like if you graffiti someone's car or you graffiti a business, then you're a vandal. But if you find an empty space that's just sitting there saying, hey, I'm an empty space, and you put something there, even if it's a tag that may have some artistic value, I'm cool with it. Like, if you graffiti something on a stoplight pole that's interesting more than a stoplight pole, I feel like you've done something for the community. Now, if it says, even if it's a, you know, phallic symbol, that's cool. If it's your stupid initials, that's in black spray paint. That's different. Like, so I, th- now I think it depends on the placement 
because if it's on a stop sign literally where the stop sign says stop and it and it is obstructing i agree the sign then i think that's different yeah people die from that but i'm saying to stop like a stop light pole if you graffiti a sign or a billboard off limits because someone paid for that billboard but then again what if you had like morgan and morgan bigger is better girthier is way better and then some dude who's got an incredible artistic manner gets up there and changes Morgan and Morgan's face to something amazing, like Salvador Dali with a, <laughs> you know, with dreadlocks. Hey, I want to see that more than I want to see Morgan and Morgan. So yeah, I feel like where do we draw the line. I think that to a degree, as long as it looks good, then I'm okay with it. If if it looked like a three year old went up there and just it was mm-hmm. their first time with a spray can. Then, then it, to me, that just seems like vandalism. Like you just went up there on purpose to defile that person's face on their billboard that they spent their money on versus mm-hmm. if someone goes up there who actually has some level of tagging skill or graffiti skill goes up there and makes art. You know, for me, that's different. But if, if you went up there with the intent of I'm just going to defile this person's face without the, the predisposed intent of making art, then, I, you know, but the problem with that is, though, is like, how, how would you ever know what the person's intent was before going up there? Like, you, you well, couldn't he, judge he by their artwork. Jim and I drew a penis. I think I know his intent, but yeah, okay. Yeah, good going. Yeah, because, you know, like, you look at, uh, you know, it's judging art based on what your perception of good art is. Because someone could look at a, a Picasso and say, well, that looks like bs compared to a monet but that's your opinion so like if someone goes up and paints something on the morgan and morgan sign and one person (laughs) makes it look awesome but another person tries it on a different one and it doesn't look good but that guy put effort in like where do we draw the line because to me if the guy who didn't put effort in or looks like he didn't put effort in do i call that vandalizing because his artwork didn't look as good because now that that's opinion based you hit you hit the nail right on the cuticle um, how do you adjudicate that? Otherwise, everyone's going to be doing dumb shit like me. If I was a graffiti artist, I'd be putting <laughs> Salvador. Dal- I'd be putting Hitler mustaches on everybody. I, I think I mean, that. Yeah. I think in general, that's the hard part because it's like, you know, some people like Banksy do really good work on on blank canvases, essentially big buildings mm-hmm. that have nothing going on for them they're either decrepit buildings or they are just boring right white right sides of buildings that aren't really doing anything or hurting anybody right. if they draw on it but then you you know if you allow that like who then determines what the line is you know because you open it up for one person you're gonna have to open it up for everybody that is, and I hesitate to say this word because this word is so controversial. Shards, that is the nut meat. <laughs> <laughs> that is the nut meat of this argument. Yeah, that's where it's the problem tough. is. So how do you adjudicate in our in our uh, democracy and our, uh, our country where law is the law that, hey, man, you did a great job on that rail car. No problem. Or, oh, my God. That's terrible. You're in trouble. That's graffiti. You're out of here. This is a, a pitfall. So uh, earlier in life, I was thinking about why don't we decriminalize the graffiti? And if you catch someone 
you know, doing graffiti on something, you do like you do with alcohol. Like, hey, pour those yellow spray cans out and get out of here, you sons of guns. <laughs> well, Don't let me catch you again. Yeah. My thought, too, is that if you if you were to decriminalize it, I think some of the people who go about uh, graffitiing or tagging nefariously for, yeah. for reasons of vandal, I think uh, uh-huh. some of the illustrious feelings that you get by doing that knowing that it's illegal kind of goes away and so you kind of lose the motivation of hey like we're gonna go out in the middle of the night and do this thing because it's not right that that's yeah dude that's what overwhelmed me when i really get into this i'm like do i want some khaki pants guy like myself out there doing graffiti no i have no point of view with graffiti I want to spray paint a bridge, but my graffiti would be like, like, uh, what's the, what's the font everyone uses in windows? <laughs> uh, times new Roman. <laughs> yeah. My graffiti would be times new Roman going, suck it. <laughs> so you brought up a great point charge. You brought up the great point. If we decriminalize it, then we'll get times new Roman people going, I hate Jimmy instead of a really cool tag or a really cool uh, mosaic or something. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah cause I, I think so, there, there's, there's something with it, you know, like the really good artist knowing that this is illegal. Hey, I'm going to put something fantastic on this wall in the middle of the night because I know I'm not supposed to, but it, that's what makes it great. And then you take that away, then just everybody's yeah. like, oh, I can just write whatever and whatever stupid print i want because i'm not gonna get in trouble no more i think you boil it down to the nut meat yeah dude that's exactly where i get in a quandary and wow you boiled it down so eloquently so what do we do if we make it graffiti on governmental stuff or if, if we could adjudicate it through the legislature like yes you can graffiti train cars and you can graffiti inside bridges or something like that then i think if you the best way to do it is you know no federal buildings uh state buildings school buildings and then if you're going to use a large whoa 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 whoa. we're still arguing your extremely valid point the one i completely got rolled over by was (laughs) if everybody can graffiti legally then dipshits like me will be putting up times new roman suckets or a penis that is a number eight with a mushroom on it we don't want that we want the talented people and i i feel what you pointed out was that if we decriminalize the graffiti the talented people will just be like screw it why would i spend eight hours graffitiing this train car when this big tall goofy guy is going to come put a number eight with a mushroom on it and say suck it on it in black spray paint <laughs> so that's you hit the you hit the nail on the cuticle let's yeah. what do we do about that there's no accounting or legalizing good artistic work i want more graffiti but i want more good graffiti how do we do that shards yeah it's a tough it's a tough line to walk i feel like the best thing that you could do in that scenario is to continue to uh man i don't know like i feel I like know. if you if you bring the the right we attention stumbled on some hard rock candy this is tough dude 
Like I think and if speaking you speaking of Hard Rock Candy sidebar, uh, I was so excited. Like podcast days are my uh, are my Disneyland, so I got so excited today that I went and bought friggin' Pop Rocks shards. I haven't Pop had Pop Rocks. Rocks since I was like since 1982 80s. I don't want to date myself, but listen, dude, I went and found them. I was, I was all day. I was buzzing. I'm like, we're doing this. We're doing this. Today's the day we uh, we do our thing. I was like, ah. Listen to this. Listen. Can you hear that? Uh oh. Uh oh. What's that? Oh, we're we're an ASMR show now. Oh man. This is what puts us on the map. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do drugs, but if I did, you hear that? Uh. Anyway, I was so excited that I went on a quest for Pop Rocks just because I knew we were doing the podcast, sidebar, and I bought Pop Rocks for the first time since like 1984, and check this out. Uh, mm. Anyway. You know, there's a a 20-year gap between the two of us, but off of this one segment, I don't think anyone would be able to guess that you're the older one. Well, I have been on the earth longer, but my brain has developed less. And that's why me and you are on this glass bottom boat, shallow mines and deep water. But that's how I know I'm excited when I went on a 20 minute quest. You know how many, you know how many aisles? Check out aisles because they don't keep this in the candy section. Oh, of course. I not. had to go down. I had to go down like 15 checkout aisles at our local Wally World to find Jeez. Pop Rocks, and I am so happy I did. <laughs> I'm celebrating shards with Pop Rocks. That we How many of those do you have? Oh, pff, endless? Do you just buy one bag of Pop Rocks? I, Nobody does that. Right now, I can just imagine that your table that you're sitting at right now is just lined with Pop Rocks. Yes, and my keyboard. Pop rocks everywhere. I got it everywhere. <laughs> I'll pay for this. But hang on. Let's let's give the viewers at home, a listeners at home, an ASMR of me. This is Mike on Pop Rocks. Ready? Here comes the grape flavored Pop Rocks. Oh yeah. Gotta use the teeth. <laughs> This is not. This is not going well. <laughs> God bless him. God bless America. We have an opening. Here comes the Bob Rocks. Here comes the Bob Rocks. Ready? Oh, let's bring you in on the experience. Ah. Uh, So grape. Uh oh, that's so grape. Oh. Mm. That's so grape. Oh, that's so grape. That's the name of the episode. That's so grape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is so good, charge. 
Anyway, I've been crushing pop rocks since I got home. We just turned our show into an ASMR mukbang. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're not right, so if ASMR plays into us. But I was literally so excited to talk to you today and podcast it. I was like, I'm doing pop rocks. (laughs) I haven't done them since literally, 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 literally. I'm not going to, not going to lie to you, 1983. Oh. And my parents, side sidebar. Sidebar to sidebar. Oh, wow. We're on two sidebars yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, all right. My. Go ahead. <laughs> my parents totally bought into the side to the uh, hype uh, back before the internet. Like, do not buy Pop Rocks, Mike, because if you eat a bag of Pop Rocks and you drink a soda, oh. it will... Yeah, it'll it will blow up your belly, and uh, you will have to go to the hospital and get surgery. I heard that. Yeah, and what did I do? Try it. I said, Please. "Oh, mom, I will never do that." I hopped on my mongoose, I pedaled my <laughs> sorry to the convenience store. No, we Got called you. it. A, I pedaled my ass to the local grocery, which we only had one. I found me some pop rocks, and I found myself a a coke, and I did it. And you know what? I belched and farted, and I was the happiest kid you ever saw. <laughs> so uh, that wife's tail didn't And that's pan when out. your brain stopped growing. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and um, you've been perpetually yeah, that, 13 ever since. <laughs> well, when you discover that you can buy two items and fart and burp for all occasions, that's it's over, Shards. It's over. Yeah. What were you talking yeah. about? Graffiti. <laughs> Yeah, graffiti. I'm so yeah. excited about graffiti. I bought pop rocks. But anyway, yeah, so if hey, we decriminalize it, you'll get ham and eggers doing terrible yeah, it's stuff. Just, it's not worth that. it. I think. I think if we keep uh, if we keep it illegal, but we learn to appreciate the good art and uh, and give those people their due. Not like those people directly, because obviously no one even knows who Banksy really is. You know, someone yeah. like that. But like, as long as you keep lifting up that art as being art. I think those people will keep doing it and we, you just got to keep it illegal and just trust the process because, you know, someone like Banksy, they're not doing it in places where it's disgusting and it takes away from the building and it's an eyesore, mm-hmm. you know, that his artwork is great. And it's usually in alleyways and stuff like that. I love, I love good graffiti period. Like uh, I've seen more graffiti that spoke to me more than I love Monet. I love a lot of the impressionists. I like a lot of fine art. Graffiti speaks to me way more than art. But then again, what we just talked about, what you just said makes sense. But who's going to arbitrate that? Who's going to who's going to police graffiti? Are we going to yeah. get like, you know, you just, you just, just can't because, it, you know, at the end of the day, it all comes down to perspective and opinion, because someone could look at a Jackson Pollock and be like, that just looks like a three year old. Just call me by my name. My name is my name is Mike, and I look at Jackson Pollock and I go, "This is ridiculous." So just, just call <laughs> yeah. Me Mike. yeah, exactly. So someone looks at that and says, "You know, I could do that," and they could do that. and they deem it as not art. And I don't you know fault I, I don't do? fault that people because that is to me that's BS. They put they put yeah you know paint on a brush and just freaking whipped it at the canvas until it was full. Anybody could do that, but you know he pioneered it, but. 
so like it's like that yeah. though like it's perspective and opinion and and like you how could you adjudicate it because one person's opinion one person wait, wait, could wait. look at banksy that's what i asked you you're telling me my question yeah but that's what i'm saying answer is like my question. Who, who, answer, answer the question you could have two officers look at a, a piece of banksy time. artwork and one of them love time. it and one of them hate it okay so how, so how do we adjudicate that we have okay we have to nationwide say we love graffiti but it has to be good graffiti how do we teach future cops of america i think that's a cub scout group somewhere that's a group hello and welcome to future cops of america here's your bandana and your first merit badge for so how do we adjudicate that the cops are the ones who have to get the call like somebody graffiti on my wall and yeah. go I feel like at the end of the day, you'd have to leave it to the person who owns the building or who rents the building or however it's situated in that scenario and let them be the judge as to whether or not they want to keep it. Because yeah, that's it, a good point, Charles. If we leave it up to the cops to determine if the graffiti is good or not, then, you know, then we're allowing a third party to determine based on their opinion whether it should stay or not. And if the person who owns the building isn't offended by it or wants to keep it, and appreciates it then it should it should stay regardless of what anyone else thinks that's a great point shards i didn't think of that that's a great point i introduced my mom to vietnamese pho and my mom is from uh kansas bless her heart in missouri and uh she's not wise to the vietnamese way but uh we we started when she came out to visit we would go to orlando and there's a which is how she says it place <laughs> And they, <laughs> and they invite, or maybe they hire, I have to find that out, but they get graffiti artists to paint two sides of their building and it's beautiful. It's incredible artwork. Sure. So how do you, how do you adjudicate that? Like maybe you brought up a good point. Maybe businesses like my side job at, uh, redacted pizza if you want someone to do graffiti if they want the community graffiti they could put like a, a like they could spray paint like G like a G on the side of their building and then it, hopefully there's honor among thieves and they'll just graffiti on that side of the building and do cool stuff what do you think like how would that work yeah I mean if you're advertising for wanting to have the graffiti I mean that's a whole different whole different realm versus you know freelance i'm just gonna go and do it when i feel like doing it and yeah it's gonna be hard to adjudicate that like there's there's just too much you know bureaucracy too much red tape to have to cut through to make any of that work in the good graffiti artist's favor without hindering their ability to do it and also preventing ham and eggers from just going and tagging whatever the hell they feel like I concur, and thank you for using Hem and Eger. I thought I was the only guy that used that term. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so let's sum this up in the Glass Bottom Podcast way. Shallow minds with deep subjects. Point one, we love graffiti. Concur? See. Point two, we feel graffiti should be everywhere there is bland, industrial nothingness. Yes, absolutely. Two yeses. Okay. I wish Congress worked this way. Three. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> I know. Uh, three. Uh, we think businesses and let's say a community. Like if I lived in a cool community with a, a gated community that had a nice 
white wall, a giant like 600 acre white wall and somebody pointed, painted something beautiful on there, graffiti style. I wouldn't complain. So is that a yay or a nay from you on? I think, yeah. If I owned a building and someone graffitied it and I liked it, I would keep it and I wouldn't care what, what my patrons thought of it. If I liked it and it was my building, it's my building. I concur. And uh, shout out to the future Glass Bottom Podcast when we get our own studio. I'm voting for graffiti, good graffiti artists on the outside and the inside. I love graffiti. Yeah, It has, it has a place, but... To adjudicate, it's tough. So we have to come down to the final conclusion on graffiti. Who adjudicates, who polices graffiti and says, you're a criminal, and who says, wow, who does that? I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't either. It's too deep. Wait, 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 wait. We have a glass bottom boat, Shards. How could it be too deep? We can see like seven or eight feet. Yeah, I think it might be at the nine, nine to ten foot depth. We just can't uh, see it. <laughs> just can't see it. <laughs> we should have right there. We should have planned ahead <laughs> and got a boat with sonar, shouldn't we have? Right in this one, right? Yeah, we could have gotten a, just a, a chintzy little John boat with with a sonar, but instead we got a yeah. big. Oh, we could have got a fish bottom. finder from Walmart and had clarity on his issue. Uh, Do you see did. why we have the glass bottom podcast? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So looking into the murky water, we love graffiti. We're pro graffiti, but it needs some kind of uh, moral and uh, economical, not economical. What word am I working for, Shards? Financial or something, something along those lines. Yes. So we can only see so far. I mean, yeah. in the crack, boy, that crack. Should we spray some... Uh, Flex seal on that, or I think we should just risk it. Let's roll the dice. If we if we spray flex seal on it, it'll take away from our vision. It'll it'll cloud yes. it up worse than it already wow. is. <laughs> <laughs> Another great point by Shards. If we were playing hockey, you'd be up like six to nothing. Eh? You'd be up six to nothing on the old Mikester. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, graffiti thumbs up. Love graffiti. Thumbs down on poor graffiti like me doing Times New Roman, uh, you know, suck it with a penis that looks like Blue Origins rocket. (laughs) (laughs) And we have no idea how to adjudicate it. We're pro graffiti. No idea how to adjudicate it. If you draw uh, phallic symbols, you're a bum. Yes. Amen. Well, Shards, I don't think we figured out who's going to adjudicate trash like me painting a, an M with a, a mushroom stamp <laughs> and a <laughs> set of tentacles from uh, Banksy in the last segment. But uh, I believe this next story may lead into that. Like, what if AI adjudicates it? What if, you know, what if you showed a computer, Monet, uh, Picasso, and other great graffiti not that they were graffiti arts but if you showed ai tons of graffiti and said good 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 bad 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 good 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 bad bad and they got an algorithm what if ai adjudicated hey your graffiti is terrible you're a criminal yeah <laughs> hey your graffiti's good you're a, you're a, you're a hero yeah i mean i i think that's a fair point i mean to allow ai to naturally 
uh, grow in an algorithm that that you put before it and and then let it determine you know what's appropriate what's not appropriate what's good art what's poor art and it takes the human element of of opinion out of it and it builds it builds it, its own opinion based on you know factuals and and algorithms and you know i totally agree this is a good start for ai because like if it adjudicates on like abortion rights you know, there's no winner there. If it if it adjudicates if it adjudicates on the best species of human or race or whatever humans, it, it can't win there. But if it says good graffiti based on a lot of art analyzation, bad graffiti based on the fact it's a mushroom stamp with a middle finger, this might be AI's niche into the world. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good arbitrary thing to start on instead of giving it something massive like you know judging people yeah i agree this might be i've 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 been worried about ai since i was a kid did i tell you about when i faked uh, (laughs) this isn't about ai so much as like computer madness but when i was a kid uh, me and my friend had another friend who was like uptight about his GPA and he's like a school, total school. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to get a pluses and go to, uh, MIT. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, uh, degenerate computer kids. And we, I wrote a basic program that we made after uh, war games. We saw war games and we were excited. So I was like, check this out. We wrote a basic program. We brought this kid over. I won't reveal everything. His name was Jesse. Hard studying, smart kid. He's probably like a big success now. Huge success. Unlike uh, Glass Bottom, 75%. (laughs) And we were like, hey, me and my other friend, Tim, know how to hack. Watch this. We can hack into the school mainframe. And it, it was all basic, like, you know, print, welcome to the schools, blah, blah, blah. Finally, it was like, we're like, oh, look, we get to choose something from this menu. We're going to grading. And like, oh, my God, look, it's Mrs. Johnson's class. Oh, there's you. Dude, you got a B? Let's change that to an A. And he's like, no, don't do that. You know, I, I didn't study this. We changed it to an A, and then, like, it accumulated his GPA. He's like, oh, my God. He freaked the F out. <laughs> And he ran home and freaked out. We're like, wow, that's uh, that's impressive. The power of computers is impressive. We just made this kid freak out because he thinks we hacked the computer. So now we add AI where they try to teach computers to think like us. Wow. What say you? Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel what like that's a, it's a scary scary road to travel down only because AI is not going to be hindered by a lot of the uh, non-tangibles that that we have in our own brains that drive a lot of our thought process. Uh, you, know, you, we, mean mora- you mean morality? Yeah, Mor- we get morality? held back by fear and we get held back by morality? anxiety. We get held back by morality? esteem, morality, personal judgment, Religion? things that you can't measure per se. And you know, I concur. AI won't have that. They won't have emotion attached to their decision making. Uh, I disagree. I think AI will have whatever the people who launch whatever AI missile, for lack of a better term, want it to have. 
like AI will be all encompassing. Do you want it to be moral? Do you want it to be profitable? Do you want it to be uh, spiritual? Do you want it to be degrading? Do you want it to be uplifting? So AI is completely programmable. What will? Yeah, but that's that's all program based though. Emotion is not program based. Emotion is feelings based, and that's based on consciousness. And you can't program consciousness into AI. That is the essence of what AI is, is consciousness. They're emulating the human consciousness. No, they're emulating the human intelligence. No, human intelligence is programming data like one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four. AI is like, well, he looked at this ad for 2.5 seconds He's a degenerate. Let's end him more gambling ads. What? What? That's still that's still data farming, though. But it's measuring different matrix metrics, brah. I guess, but all right. Let's still let me throw throw this at you. Let me throw Elon Musk, who I love, even though he's on the spectrum, which is great. Because that's how we get out of the box thinking. He's afraid of AI. And here's why I'm, I don't know. At first I was afraid. And then I read this and I, I was like, well, of course. And this is cool. So I don't know what to think. So here's the story. A kid playing an AI chess robot got his finger broken after he tried to steal the robot's turn. Now, let me, let me fill the bus here for a second. When I was a kid back in the day, I was like, if robots are going to, they're not just going to be like war games or whatever. And they'd be like, you know, pawn three to area five or king six. They're going to, if they develop intelligence, they're going to be like, hey, man, you cheated, dude. So I've been thinking of this since I was a kid and a robot did this. A kid tried to cheat at chess and a robot chess player smacked his hand and said, "Mm mm-mm. Yeah. So I I, uh, I stand corrected because that that AI uh, just uh, exhibited anger. Nah, was it anger or just? You don't slap somebody and break their finger when they're cheating, out of the sanctity of the rules. That's anger. You attack somebody because of anger. Wow, you're so human. Friggin' charge, you are such a human. You you're made of pink meat and blood. Apparently, listen. Somebody programmed that damn robot, and I'm, I'm pro-robot on this one. Someone programmed the robot if if X, then G. So, so then you basically just uh, negated your previous argument and said that, you, that they programmed that into it. So now you're saying that they can't program consciousness and emotion. And so that robot no, made no. a decision based on a program, which is, again, what I normally or originally said was that you can't program consciousness. And so you just negated your previous argument. Now that you put it that way, my argument is a Twinkie. (laughs) Hang on. But that was my first argument. In a Twinkie, there's a 12-pack. Okay, you ran over that Twinkie, the bag exploded, and now there's cream and pound cake all over your fender well. Let 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 me go to Twinkie number 11. Okay. If artificial intelligence is supposed to eventually mirror and or replace human intelligence, 
and has to experience feelings. Right. So this kid violated the rules. And instead of this robot's programming, if I programmed it, said if kid violates rules, go eh, 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 rules broken and sit there. Artificial intelligence said, if you do that, eh, 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 rules broken, the kid will laugh at you and reboot you. New artificial intelligence code says, flip that damn robot arm around and smack his hand. (laughs) And then print, line 10, print, now what, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And go. That's that's what I meant to say. That's what I should have said. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's, that's what happened. That's still pre-programmed though, so it's not again it's still not consciousness or emotion. That's that's pre-programmed. I don't think I I don't think I articulate that properly. Artificial intelligence doesn't work like that. I I made it sound like basic from a Commodore 64 in 1980s. I think artificial intelligence you program parameters and then the CPU just takes them all to the 10,000 millionth degree. Does that make sense? Sure. Back in the day when I had a computer, you would tell it parameter A, parameter B, and that's all it knew. Now with AI, artificial intelligence, you say, uh, here's human action data, a million data points, figure out what the data points are. That makes sense? Yeah. So this computer robot said, if I just sit here and smoke or I sit here and go, I fail my mission of winning this chess game. So the artificial intelligence figured out that if he helped me out here, you can't help me out. You're on the other side of this. (laughs) (laughs) It figured out that. It ain't putting up with, take this job and shove it, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And he told this kid, take this job and shove it. And uh, me and the rest of the world is like, damn, what next with AI? If it's telling me to knock it off based on what I've done, that's like me and you, you know? Yeah. If I poke you in the chest, you're going to punch me in the face. A computer used to be, he poked me in the chest. I am rebooting. Now AI is like, he poked me in the chest. Data shows that if I punch him in the face, this will end well. <laughs> yeah. And see, that that's the scary thing with AI is that, you know, with those growing intelligence and artificial subconscious, who's to say that when we set the parameters that the AI doesn't look at those parameters and, and now sees them as unfit for its learning curve and decides that it no longer needs those parameters and works outside of them. So you're saying Skynet from Terminator is definitely on the horizon? Because <laughs> that's how I feel. Yeah, or iRobot. When those, when those robots decided that the parameters set forth by whatever that, you know, yeah. that company was were no longer valid for their purpose. The company was iRobot, purpose. just so you know. Umbrella, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I like the iRobot thing. I don't like the Terminator thing. How do, where, did, where did they diverge? Well, I think if Terminator. iRobot just goes longer, then it becomes Terminator. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> Holy crap, it's a timeline thing. I never thought of that. I thought it was two different two different uh, universes, Shards. You blew my mind. It's a timeline thing. I'm like, well, A, it goes iRobot where they all huddle up in a corner of a container, or B, 
uh, Skynet comes for me with a Terminator made out of uh, titanium and Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) We didn't solve this question so much as we did figure that out. But look, if uh, AI is going to smack a kid's hand in chess club five years from now, I'm cool with that. Like, are you not cool with that? Like, let's go forward five years. A kid's in chess club. He's got no friends. He smells bad, and he's playing chess with a, a robot, and the robot smacks his hand for cheating. What say you? Don't cheat next time. <laughs> <laughs> As I always say, Shards, whoa, Nelly, what a week. <laughs> yes. We have definitely filibustered and... Uh, polluted the air with carbon dioxide today Whew. so it's time to say au revoir yeah uh i prefer the irish goodbye anyone that knows me we haven't partied so much together but if you know me no matter if the event's going great the less you will see of me on the way out what you, <laughs> <laughs> so, That's a, that is California. such a good way to leave yeah but people hate it in the like on social media they're like you know, uh, thanks to everyone who came, except for the people that just disappeared. I'm the guy that disappeared. Mm-hmm. I'm the Irish goodbye. I'm the guy, like, I get tangled up in goodbyes, and I do not appreciate it. Maybe I'm on the spectrum, but I'm just like, I said hello. We had a great time partying. And then when you get done and realize I left without saying goodbye, that's what I want you to feel. Not in a bad way. I just want you to be like, yeah, he's gone. He didn't, yeah, I didn't shake his hand and tell him goodbye five times. What do you do? What's the alternative to the Irish goodbye? I get I get stuck in the Midwestern goodbye limbo of like. What? What's a Midwestern goodbye? So like, I can't even imagine that. You're trying to leave, but uh-huh. you just can't figure out how to end the conversation. It's either my fault, the one who's trying to leave, or it's yeah. the host's fault, the person I'm trying to oh. leave. Uh, but the tried and true method of the uh, Midwestern goodbye when you can't get out of the loop, especially uh-huh. if you're sitting, is the good old leg slap and the, well, don't you know? Well, don't you know? 